Hello, hockey fans. Welcome back to another episode of What the Puck. This is episode five now. I'm your host, Johnny D'Amico, and we have a lot of hockey to get into to break down. First off, before we uh, get into any hockey, first, I want to congratulate the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams for uh, both uh, clinching the Super Bowl, and now that is the matchup. Um, Congratulations to Joe Burrow in his second year to become the first ever first overall pick in two years to be a quarterback on a Super Bowl team, and congratulations to Matt Stafford for uh, getting into his first Super Bowl. Should be a fun game. I, I know I can't wait to watch it. Uh, I know that's what America is going to be watching uh, two Sundays from now, and it's, it's going to be a good one. Um, but let's uh, start off with uh, some hockey. So first off, I, I do want to talk about a topic, and I want to talk about hitting and uh, um, drop uh, fighting after it. So the reason I'm going to bring this up is because of the, I don't know if anyone's seen it online, but the Taylor Hall hit on Nathan McKinnon. Because these two are actually uh, stars in their own, so they are not uh, any, they're not like guys that are usually uh, physical or anything. But the Taylor Hall and Nathan McKinnon. Now, first off, I, I thought it was a great check. Um, he didn't, it looked bad because he was bleeding after, so... And, and he did get concu- uh, concussed, so I hope uh, Nathan McKinnon is okay afterwards. But, um, you know, the, the hit itself wasn't bad at all. As uh, He hit him, if you can see, in the shoulder, so it wasn't a shot to the face. It was more of a shoulder hit. And so uh, you had uh, his, the captain of the avalanche, Gabriel Landeskog, he uh, went right after Taylor Hall, and that's what, uh, you know, that's what you got to uh, do as a captain. You got to stick up and... I'm I'm a firm believer in you know what if you're gonna throw your body around then you gotta answer the bell you gotta um, you gotta drop the gloves and fight for yourself and you know what he, there, Hall is not really a fighter and Landis Gog you know he 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 is a fighter um, that's kind of what makes him uh, such a great uh, not just a player but the intangible he has he 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 plays all fa- uh, facets of the game but it's a, it's a great response when uh, someone sticks up for their teammate and as he should but. The the thing is, I don't, I don't. So if Taylor Hall's not gonna fight. He's not a uh, uh, guy who who's gonna go out there swinging uh, at uh, throwing trading punches with guys. His job is to put pucks in the net. So if someone goes after Taylor Hall, Boston, this is what you need to do. You need to have the guy on the ice, or you need to have someone in that lineup be ready to um to respond. So. You want someone to maybe go after Landis Gog or go after a tougher guy to settle things down. That's what you got to do. And Boston, is, it's very weird to say this about the Bruins. Very weird. But they need a lot more toughness. They need a lot of uh, more toughness. It's very weird because back in the day, uh, you know, a decade ago, they, ha- they had all the toughness in the world. They had the, the Chara, the Lucic, the, uh, the Sean Thorntons, the Gregory Campbells on there, the McQuaids. Like, they don't, they don't have that anymore. I mean, I think the... Uh, the two toughest guys on the team, Nick Foligno, he's more of a game fighter. He's not really like he can fight, but he's not. He sh- he shouldn't be the one to, uh, you know, be uh, the tough guy of the team. And then they have uh, the the other kid, Trent Frederick, who I, I we talked about when he threw that hit on Kaprizov. Um, he could fight, but he's more of a pest out there. He's not really. I don't see him as the. He he's not a Ryan Reeves on the Rangers or a Curtis McDermott on the Avs. Um, Tom Wilson on the Capitals, that's a tough guy. And Nick Delorier on the Ducks. Like, th- those are your tough guys, like enforcers. That's what Boston needs. They really need a, a, 
a steady enforcer on that team in order to, uh, you know, j- just for protection. I, I, I think the enfor- – I hate how uh, fighting's down. In fact, fighting should be up from hockey. Um, it, it really does settle the game down, and it really controls the emotion, and that's what uh, Boston lacks. Now, Nathan McKinnon, uh, like I said, he did get a concussion from it. So I don't know – I don't believe he's played since, and he's probably going to be out till the All-Star game, which – is coming up very soon, so um, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound too long. But Nathan McKinnon, uh, hopefully, he gets uh, back to uh, his uh, feet. And because you know concussions are always serious, they're not gonna. It's not just like a little broken uh, finger or a broken bone somewhere. You know, it's a head injury, so you got to make sure he's okay and he's not. Uh, you know, get uh, not taking another hit out there if he if he's already injured. So that's the. Uh, the story there, pretty much. Like I said, Boston, they, you guys need that. Uh, and Bruins fans can back it up. They are not as tough as they used to be. They need, like, go out there and sign, like, a bottom six forward or fifth or sixth defenseman, you know. Something to something to just, you know, keep them in check. They're going to, uh, they're going to, what's it called? They they need that guy to, you know, scare other people. There's there's a reason, um, you, you know, you, you see certain teams, like, like I said earlier, with the enforcers, the Rangers, the Avs, the Ducks, there there aren't too many guys running around on the ice when certain guys are in the lineup, and that's because they're afraid to fight them. They're they're too scared. That's it's the uh, truth, but it's uh, it is what it is. And on on that play, that that was not a that should have not even been a penalty for interference. That was it, it was a violent hit. Don't get me wrong, but he had the puck. And he, if you look at the uh, video, he had the puck, and he just got rid of it, and that's when Taylor Hall nailed him. So they called a two-minute interference penalty, which I guess it's not, you're not allowed to hit someone, uh, even if it's a violent hit anymore. So pretty uh, soft call there by the league. But the Avs, uh, they did end up winning the game uh, that night. This was uh, last Wednesday, I believe. Um, so they, or, or this was sometime last week, but they, they were uh, too f- uh, focused on going after uh, Taylor Hall. But they the Avs are probably one of the hottest teams in the league right now, so... Even without Nathan McKinnon, they got uh, oof. They they might have the best defensive uh, lineup with McCarr and uh, Sam Gerrard out there, and Eric Johnson is, has been steady back there. And then you have up front without McKinnon, you got Landis Gog and Rantanen and Nazem Kadri's. I don't know, is is his best uh, best year yet. Uh, we'll see how that uh, turns out in the playoffs. But moving on, moving on, we have some. Other news to uh, get to. This is uh, more off on the ice. The Edmonton Oilers, yes, they are back in the news, but maybe we don't know if it's a good or bad reason yet. They did sign Evander Kane to that one-year deal. Um, he is no longer with the Sharks, and as uh, obviously we'll get into that. But the deal is he signed for one year, seven hundred fifty k. So it's pretty uh, cheap contract. But it's a full. He also has a full no move clause. So. Um, in case the Oilers decided for what some crazy reason to trade him, which I highly doubt they would trade him right now, um, they would. Uh, he 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 couldn't. Uh, Kane has no. Uh, Kane has the say there, and the Oilers don't. So, let's get into it. The like I said, the Oilers are a uh, struggling team right now. They they can't uh, put pucks in the net. Although they've won a couple in the, uh, their last games, but before that they were really, like I said, they. I think the only team doing worse is the Flyers who we'll actually get into, but 
Uh, you know what? I know Evander Kane has troubles, has had trouble everywhere he's gone. I with the uh, the Sharks incident with the um, with with the uh, fa- so first he got COVID, and then he didn't uh, he he left for his home, but he wasn't supposed to. He was supposed to stay in quarantine, but it, you know it's pretty it's pretty uh, he he's a head case everywhere because then the he was saying uh, he basically said. Uh, the, the only reason why he didn't get suspended is because he didn't get caught because the NHL said they didn't have sufficient evidence. So, you know, I, I, based on his past uh, behavior, I'd say Evander Kane uh, doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. But in this case, he's on a team. The Oilers are paying his contract. He's no longer with the Sharks. And I know he's a bit of a head case and a, a locker room cancer, some people might call him. But I actually really like this move because – First off, it's a cheap contract, so and it's a one-year deal, so it's not like they're really risking a lot out there. If it doesn't work out, it didn't work out. You know, at least at least Ken Holland uh, tried something, but and, and he used somewhat of his brain this time. But this guy Evander Kane, he he can score goals. He has a scoring touch. Um, he could score. I'm pretty sure his past seven seasons, he scored he scored at least twenty goals when, when he was playing like full seasons. So. He has the ability to score, and another thing, he he does add some toughness. He he's not a what's it called? He's not a shy uh, player. He's he's a goal scoring power forward kind of player. He's not like a pure sniper or anything, but he can uh, he can hold his own out there. He's a big kid. He's not a kid anymore, but he's he's got some size on him, which uh, Edmonton needs. So that's I think that was a uh, good signing, and I think Ken Holland, uh, the GM, actually uh, helped this team out by uh, providing a bit of a scoring touch. So. We're going to, uh, you know, do I think the, this is going to put the Oilers over the top? Probably not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet my house on it. I would, maybe, maybe this helps him get into the playoffs. Maybe it doesn't. But I wouldn't say this makes them the contender now. They still have a lot of work to do. And here's a weird thing that I found. You know, Ken Holland and uh, his coach, uh, Dave Tippett, you know, I think I don't really think uh, too much into it or – I have been thinking too much into it. I don't know if uh, Dave Tippett uh, is gonna like his uh, the the kind of player uh, Kane is because that locker room is not uh, too good already, and I I know it's it's like what do you measure the goal scoring the the chemistry that locker room is not doing good. Kane is not the uh, answer to all locker. He's he's the one of the last players you'd ask to fix a locker room. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see the. Uh, We'll see. Uh, only time will tell. Ho- I, I, and I, you know what? I, I do root for Vander Kane. I don't want to see because I do. I always wish uh, good on players. I, I love to see everyone at their best. Don't want to see anyone at their worst. And I know he's had some demons in the past, but ho- hopefully, Evander Kane can. Uh, what's it called? Get on his feet and get back on track. Next up, uh, major, major congratulations um, to Mr. Keith Yandel. Um, this is going to be our next topic. He is now the all-time leader for the Ironman streak. So last Tuesday, he set the uh, NHL record at 965 games played in a row, which is incredible. So I believe the uh, date back to that is 2009, if I'm not mistaken. I think he that's the last time he, he was like injured or scratched, which to me is insane. And now, to this current day, he's at 967. So... He's he plays uh, he's defenseman for uh, Philadelphia Flyers, but this is an amazing achievement. Now, I know uh, 
what's it called? This is the only thing the Flyers have to be proud of because they are just, oof, they are a t- terrible team. They are one of the, no one could have predicted that they'd be this bad, but man, my God, they're awful. I think I was reading something the other day that they managed to have a 10-game losing streak and a 13-game losing streak in the same year. And I just realized most teams are at this point where it's like they're in the 40 games played, the maybe starting to hit 50. It's really hard to pull that off. If you really look at the odds, like what are the odds you have two major losing streaks and it's not even, you know, this isn't this isn't football where, you know, you can go on a losing streak and your season's over, like seven teams. Like this is an 82-game regular season. Like what are the odds that, you have a 10-game losing streak and a 13-game losing streak. Like, I, I have a better chance of, uh, you know, fucking winning the lotto while I, I'm on the toilet, uh, for God's sake. But that that's just a horrible year. Uh, I hope I didn't put any uh, images there with that analogy. But you know, you don't understand what I'm saying. I, I can get struck by lightning while riding uh, a unicorn um, through my ass. Like, it, seriously. But we'll move on. The, to the Flyers and uh, honor uh, Keith Yandel more because, well, you know, he, he's always been a good player. He's always uh, had a solid two-way game. I don't want to say he's ever been um, the best defenseman of the NHL, but he, but he has a lot of respect because of it. Um, I, I did see, what's it called, uh, the guys there, the Islander uh, players were giving him some props, uh, especially as Daniel Chara. He gave him some love at that game. And... Uh, He's a very uh, humble player. Uh, he he's played uh, for the uh, back when Arizona was Phoenix. He's played for the Phoenix Coyotes, New York Rangers. He's had some time with Florida. He's had some time now with the Flyers. So he's at nine sixty seven, and he passed uh, Doug Jarvis's record. But actually, th- uh, third on that list is actually another current player, and that's Phil Kessel. He's at nine forty four. So it's going to be a battle between them to who can uh, crack a thousand first. And I guess at this point it's uh, whoever gets COVID next or whoever um, is in close contact, which to, you know what, that's also another crazy thing that uh, it's very hard to um, uh, imagine or you're in a pandemic and it's, and you still are able to keep an Iron Man streak, which is to me, that's, that's an incredible, uh, amazing uh, feature. Um, he, he just, what's it called? He, he's just a hard worker and he refuses to uh to miss a game. He it's like it's like pain doesn't bother. I because you have to figure if you play nine sixty seven games in a row, you you have to figure like you have to figure like you're a little fatigued or you might need a night off. Like nah, not this guy. So if if he can get to, I'm kind of rooting. I hope he uh, cracks a thousand because that's gonna be a tough record to uh, break. And I hope Phil Kessel gets to a thousand because he's right on his tail. Um, I remember as a Rangers fan, he was a really good uh, defenseman. He, he was a good on the power play. He really uh can move the puck and he and he's pretty good in his own zone like he doesn't make too many mistakes so shout out to keith yandel for uh having a great career and it's not even done so how far can he uh still go and now the uh last two uh topics we're going to get into we have um two players that are retired that do deserve some recognition so first off we'll start off with the lesser not the lesser player but the uh one less um talked about and that's uh, Dallas Stars defenseman Zer- Sergei Zubov had his reti- uh, retirement actually the same night. They both both players retired. Number fifty six uh, on the Dallas Stars, Sergei Zubov, played for twelve seasons there. So, k- kudos for him for having his uh, jersey retired. And he's the what's it called? 
he might he, I believe for Dallas uh, he's their leader among defensemen in like basically almost every category uh, goals assists games played points power play goals uh, plus my like he he was he's probably their best defenseman in uh, history I, I'm trying to think of anyone else no there's no one uh, there's no one that uh, comes come close to Sergei Zubov well, actually, he won two Stanley Cups, so he won one back in 99 with the Stars, but he also won one with the uh, Rangers. So, And in and, and that cup run, uh, I wasn't born for it yet, but during that cup run, I, I found out this is a pretty cool stat. He's the last defenseman to lead a Stanley Cup team that, that won the Stanley Cup in regular season scoring. So that is, uh, that's a pretty amazing uh, achievement there. I, I didn't even know he was the, uh, the team leader in scoring. I would have figured with uh, Messier and Leach... You know, one of those guys would have had it, but no, Sergei Zubov, man, he was a very integral uh, defenseman. He, he, what's it called? He, he's a good two-way player. I don't, I don't believe he ever won. He's never a Norris Trophy best defenseman in the NHL, but he just, he was just really consistent for a long time. Where he, he, he I'm pretty sure he got Norris votes, but he's just a really consistent uh, defenseman for a long time and. Uh, congrats, congrats to him and his career for uh, what he's done. So now we will uh, move to the uh, bigger man, or I don't want to say the bigger man because I don't want to take anything away from Zubov, but uh, my uh, probably my favorite player of all time, Henrik Lundqvist, the New York Rangers, retired number 30 in the rafters on Friday night as their game against the Minnesota Wild. So he is by far one of the, just, just so anyone uh, doesn't know, one of the best athletes in New York in this uh, modern era. And you know what? This guy, I know he didn't win a Stanley Cup, which is very sad for uh, us Ranger fans, but he, he did win uh, he did win a Vesna trophy, so he, he has been the best goalie. He did win the Olympic gold medal for Sweden. He won a world championship for gold. And some of his uh, accomplishments and achievements, for those who don't know, um, he he's sixth all-time in the wins list at 459. He's... 10th all-time in shutouts at 64 so there's that i think he's also the most wins by a european goalie if i'm not mistaken yeah he's he's he is the most wins for or yeah because brodor is canadian yep there are uh, everyone else is not uh, european on that list so he's so think of this another thing because he's, he's easily a hall of famer he's top 10 in wins saves save percentage games played uh for a goalie so you know he he, he was just and and not even the the amazing stats but he was just so dominant um you know he always had the stats to back it up but you know he had like during like a consistent stretch like in his prime like he was always there like and especially during the uh, postseason i know he didn't win the stanley cup but you know without without Lundqvist, they would have never been in any contender during that his that little run they had um you know i i'd say from like 2012 to like 2015 16 that was when they were a real powerhouse i guess but they just never were able to uh get it done but he and especially in elimination games uh during that stretch i think there was a stretch um where he was like he had a record of 15-4 in elimination games and his save percentage is like 954 which is un unreal like i you, you know, you, you, you want a goalie to have, like, a 920, 991, 93 save percentage. 954 in the playoffs in elimination games, that, that's called a clutch, Dean, right there. Um, the amount of Game 7s he's won, 
even though it was did not lead to a Stanley Cup, but he, uh, what's it called? It's always uh, it's it's always good to see him. Uh, it was always great to see him uh, be that uh, number one goalie for us. He he was the rock on that team. He was the uh, clearly the um, clearly the I I believe he was the best goalie in the past decade. Like I don't think anyone did it better than him. I know there was like some cup winning goalies in there, but that's just may, maybe I have a little bias in me, but maybe I don't. And. The last thing we're going to talk about, so we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, football, um, just because there's the uh, the Super Bowl coming up, and I, I do want to get into it a little bit. I know we touched upon it, so congrats to this uh, town of Cincinnati for uh, uh, getting to the Super Bowl, and they have a chance to win their uh, first Super Bowl. I know they got Joe Burrow is like I think uh, Twitter Nation and uh, all social media want to praise this guy, so. Congrats to him. He's the uh, king. He he's he's the king of Cincinnati right now. There's no one that beats him, and you know it's not just him. He there there are some good players on the team that you don't even realize. Like he's got a great uh, receiving core. I think it's probably one of the best in the NFL actually. With uh, he's got Jamar Chase, the rookie. He's got T. Higgins, and he's got uh, the tight end Uzama, and even Tyler Boyd's good. And you got Joe Mixon. I know the offensive line has not really helped him, but. For for Burrow, he's so poised there. Like he, I've never seen a young player just been able to get up from a hit and just like keep looking downfield. He's like nothing phases this guy. I know he came off the ACL last year, but I kind of I do want to see I do want to see both teams win. I don't I don't really hate either team. I I I, I like uh, you know even on the defense they got some good players like Trey Hendrickson is a stud. Uh, Jesse Bates, their best defensive player. Oof, he's a hell of a player. Mike Hilton is a great ear corner. So. You know, and 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 to see a, a a team win their first Super Bowl, it really is something special. So, um, and then on the other side, you have the Rams, who, you know, it, it's weird. They really do have stars everywhere. Um, Matt Stafford, who suffered in uh, Detroit for his whole life, um, he, you know, he he's finally one year away, and now he's he has a chance to win a Super Bowl. I bet I guess all Detroit nation is uh, rooting for him. But then, uh, you got not only that, but you got. Uh, Guys like Odell and Cooper Cup, they have their chance to win their first Super Bowl after what Odell's gone through. Could you imagine that after he was stuck with poor Baker Mayfield, he gets to win a Super Bowl now? Um, the Rams have a good offensive line. They do. Uh, I, it's, uh, it's probably one of the best, especially with pass protection. Matt Stafford does not uh, take as many shots as he did in Detroit, I'll tell you that. And then on, on defense, they got, what's it called? They got so many uh, either stars or former stars. You got Aaron Donald, probably the best defensive player in his generation. Or you can make the other argument Von Miller is on that team, and then probably the best corner Jalen Ramsey. So that's just uh, it's going to be a uh, good one for the Super Bowl. Um, that's all I have today for the hockey podcast. It was a bit of a shorter episode. Uh, my apologies on that, but I'm hoping either the next episode or the next episode after that, one of those episodes, we get uh, a buddy of mine, JT. He's going to join the podcast. So hopefully he does. Hopefully I get that first guess. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And I will see you in the next episode.